understand people by their actions, and you'll never be fooled by their words. This is the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. If it's your first time joining me, welcome. Thanks for giving me a shot. You can subscribe to Wisdom Worth Knowing on all of the major social networks, including YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble. You can also subscribe on all the major podcast networks, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If for some reason we're not on any of those networks, please ping me so I can make sure we get added. Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Audible, where listening is the new reading. Get unlimited access to thousands, that's right, thousands of audiobooks completely free for 30 days. Sign up right now through our special link for our listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. Understand people by their actions, and you'll never be fooled by their words. There are some complex levels to this quotation, as you may or may not know, the quotes are chosen by the community, whether they realize it or not, based upon the feedback we get on the Facebook page. So the ones that end up with the highest level of engagement and feedback end up rising above the fold, and then those are the ones we end up discussing on the show. That first, Those first two words of this quote, the understand people part, <laughs> that part of this quote is loaded because... It is very difficult to understand people and their behavior. Human beings are incredibly complex. And in many ways, we attempt to oversimplify people. And a lot of that's because we have to. Like, we have to function on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we can't sit around and attempt to understand every single human we interact with. That would take a tremendous amount of time and energy and effort. So generally what we have to do is categorize people, in our minds at least. So we have a basic understanding of who they are and what they're all about. That being said, we do need to have some humility in this respect because this understand people by their actions portion of the quote is we do need to know that we are always going to have a limited understanding of others just as others will have a very limited, limited understanding of us. And so we do need to take our value judgments with somewhat of a grain of salt in that respect. But there is tremendous value in watching people and observing their behavior, especially if those people are very close to you and if their behavior has an impact on you. The obvious trap in the first part of this quote, actually in the, in the full fullness of the quote, is that there are those of us who are genuinely trusting of others. And, and that is a good thing. Like, it's good to trust people. But that trust should be balanced with, with actual experience. And trust should be value um should be assessed, the, the amount of trust we extend to people should be assessed based on our experience with them and not our experience with other people. 
And so this is a very, very difficult thing to balance, right? So it's like every time we interact with a new human, <laughs> we, we have to extend a new level of trust to that person because we don't know the person, right? And so this is a risky, risky thing. You know, extending new levels of trust to people is a scary thing because it always opens us up to disappointment, um, to being hurt. And so obviously when we're first engaging with a new human being, we do need to limit somewhat of the trust we extend to them. Obviously, we're not going to trust a complete stranger with our kids, for example. That is a level of trust that needs to be earned. Nor should we trust people with our checking account numbers or our checkbooks or our wallet or our social security numbers, you know, just because we've just met them. So trust is obviously something that is earned over time. And if a relationship has been totally crippled and thrown out of whack and the power dynamic has been totally screwed up and the trust has been totally thrown out of whack, then we will find ourselves in a situation where we are trusting people that we definitely should not be trusting anymore. If we don't stop to observe the actions of the people we extend trust to, then we will basically continually open ourselves to being hurt over and over again or betrayed over and over again. So we do need to observe whether or not our trust is well-placed. And this is really only something we can do, you know, because only we know what level of trust we've extended and only we can know if that trust has been betrayed. And then we need to ask ourselves is if we are being continually betrayed by others or by people in certain relationships, are we confronting them about that? Or are we playing the victim, the perpetual victim? Because trust is a complex thing. It does require that we set some boundaries. Because if people are never confronted about their betrayals, or even if it's on a small level, because you trusted them, and you were hurt by their betrayal, even if it's on a small level, then how will they ever know that it hurts you? So, so there's two ends to this argument. Because I do notice that a lot of us, what we will do is we will say, well, I can't trust that person. And that person isn't even aware that you can't trust them because you never actually told them that you can't trust them. And you never told them why. <laughs> so you can't expect people to alter their behavior and to be more trusting with you if they don't know that you value that trust and you've communicated that to them. Now, if you've effectively communicated to them the importance of them following through with what they told you they were going to do, and you've set that boundary and you've said, listen, if I can't trust you with this small thing, I certainly can't trust you with this bigger thing. Well, then you've set that relationship up for failure, not them. You know, the, you got to take ownership of that side of the relationship. So this is a double-edged sword. So we do need to, to be able to extend a level of trust with people so that we can open ourselves up to that vulnerability. But it also opens up that relationship to a deeper level of intimacy. So we just we can't just shut everybody out from this trust thing. Because there's no relationship worth having 
or there's very little value to a relationship if there's no trust. And you certainly can't start building a tr trust with people if you don't start taking some risks. Now, are other people going to be perfect? Of course not. That's ridiculous. So hopefully we don't have unrealistic expectations from others. We don't expect them to make good on every promise they've ever made ever. This in the religious or in the, in the Christian context is something called grace. We need to extend grace to others. Even if you're not religious, I still think you need to extend grace to people, and you probably already do. You maybe never knew that word even existed. But grace is the act of allowing people to be human, allowing them to make mistakes, and forgiving them without them asking for forgiveness. So there's a level of grace we need to extend to other people. Otherwise, we expect other people to be perfect. And, and if, we, if we go down that path, expect to be both perpetually disappointed and to never have a good relationship with anybody unless they are fake. And you can't really put good relationship and fake people in the same equation. What you have there is a temporary relationship built on a lie. So we do need to understand people based on their actions. Because I don't know if you knew this, but us human beings, we're liars. We make excuses. We disappoint people. And then we make promises that are grandiose promises, and we don't make good on those promises. And so this understanding people by their words alone can be a huge mistake. Because we tend to overpromise as humans. We overdramatize. We oversell. We're like marketers. We sell we sell people on an idea. <clears throat> and so it's very important that we stop and take the time to observe their actions after the words. And then bring that back into the fold if a betrayal occurs. Or if a broken promise occurs. And I don't mean throw it back in their face and be a jerk about it. Obviously use tact and be respectful. But the most important thing is to communicate how much you value the relationship. And how much you want the relationship built on trust. Because there are extremely valuable benefits to having a relationship built on trust. We're going to go into that here in a second. But first, Wisdom Worth Knowing is brought to you by Amazon Audible. If you're like me and you love reading but don't have the time, then Audible audiobooks may be the perfect solution for you. With Audible, listening is the new reading. You can pop in your earbuds and discover that next exciting adventure or expand your knowledge from any PC, Mac, Android, Alexa, or Apple device. And check this out because you listen to this show for a limited time, my listeners can get instant access to thousands of audiobooks from Audible's Premium Plus catalog completely free. Just visit audible.wisdomworthknowing.org. That's the special link, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.wisdomworthknowing.org right now and take advantage of a free 30-day trial. And for 30 days, you'll get full access to the Audible Premium Plus catalog as well as an additional free title, any title in the entire library of your choosing. If you discover audiobooks aren't for you, no problem. You can cancel instantly online. You will never get charged a penny. 
That's it. It's that simple. Two years ago, audiobooks and Audible began to change my life, and they may change yours too. So pause this podcast and head over to Audible to take advantage of this limited time offer for my listeners. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot wisdomworthknowing.org. And sign up right now for the free trial. There are tremendous benefits to a relationship built on trust. If you've never experienced the intimacy of a deep friendship, it's never too late to get started. And yes, it's true. You can't always extend deep levels of trust with people. Every person you encounter. But trust can be built over time. And it generally is built over time. By two factors. The first factor is by spending time with the other person. Like you have to spend time with people to, look, to, to begin to trust them. You also have to spend time with them just to get to know them. This is something that is very challenging to do in our culture because we collect friends like stamps. I don't, here's a funny thing. If you haven't looked it up, it's not funny. It's actually kind of sobering. There's a video that was a thesis project by a college student called The Innovation of Loneliness. It's only about two minutes long. Highly recommend you Google it. And it talks about how we've replaced deeper levels of, deeper levels of intimacy with social media collecting friends like stamps. Obviously, he does a much better job articulating it in this two-minute thesis project he did. But it is kind of sobering to realize how little intimacy we cultivate anymore. There is arguably a limit to what level of intimacy we can even create through the internet because of the depersonalization and the separation of it. I'm a, te I'm a tech and IT guy, so I also see all the benefits of technology because I think technology is a tool. But there are limitations of technology, you know, depending on the tool you're using, there's only so much work it can do. So I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to stay in contact with people, but I don't know if it really is conducive to building a level of intimacy and trust. For that to happen, you need to actually put yourself in the situation where you are physically with the person or you talk to them on the phone or there's just there's just a more have coffee with them, whatever it might be. You just have to create better opportunities for this to cultivate. And so over time, you can spend time with a person and then you can trust each other with small things and then bigger things and then bigger things and then bigger things. And a lot of the times, friendships are built on the trust of acceptance that you, no matter who you are, are safe to be you around other people. And there's only certain people we interact with because they're so much like us that a friendship can actually be cultivated, you know, on that level. And I've been very blessed with with very close friends over the years, but like I only have really close friends that are I can count on one hand. You know what I mean? And and that's what one would expect because you can't spend a tremendous amount of time with with everybody. And so it, one would expect that the the amount of high quality friends that are that deeper level trusting friendships would be a small number for most people. Because realistically, that's all we have time for, especially if we have jobs and responsibilities, maybe kids, we're in a relationship. Hopefully our relationship is also a trusting 
friendship. If it's not, I'm, I'm not meaning to make light of your situation. There are no situation. There are very few situations in which this level of intimacy cannot begin to be cultivated. But what we do is we extend that level of trust. And then people will make promises and they may break those promises. And if we are wise, we will observe their actions. There are three really good books on this subject. One of them is called Crucial Accountability. That one's pretty intense. There's another one called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. I would say that's probably one of the best books on this subject of cultivating healthy, healthy boundaries in our relationships so that we can, we can build these, friend, these more intimate relationships, but also hold people accountable to their actions, not just their words. And then the third book I always recommend on this podcast is called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. Quite possibly one of the best books ever written on the subject. And we, we set boundaries in our relationships so that we can think of a garden, right? When, when, you, when you plant a garden, there's generally a boundary there. And the boundary keeps things out from getting in that will potentially damage what's in the garden. It also keeps the garden contained in a safe area for them to grow. And the things in the garden are separated just the way they're supposed to be separated so that they can they can grow and breathe and get water. And it's designed by nature to create an environment of optimal growth. That is why we set boundaries in our relationships. Boundaries are not meant to be lorded over dictatorships in which I control every aspect of our relationship. Boundaries are, if they're properly set, are designed so that we can create the environment that is most conducive to a healthy, growing relationship. Let me give a perfect real-world practical example of this. If you are in a relationship with somebody, you're dating them, and you want that relationship to grow, and you want to cultivate intimacy with this person because you want there to be a deeper level to the relationship, here's what you can't do. You can't be talking to other people who are potential relationship candidates. You can't be on Tinder still. You can't be on Bumble still. You can't have your Match.com profile set up. You can't be out uh, private messaging people on Facebook. You got to set a boundary that protects that relationship. I'm not saying you marry the person, but you do need to create an environment in which that relationship can grow and flourish and if you're allowing outside potential candidates <laughs> to continue to flow into your garden guess what there's a really good chance that that relationship isn't going to grow it's the same thing with friendships let's let's say you, you're not let's say you're already in a relationship and this isn't a problem for you let's talk about friendships you got to pick a couple people that you think are potentially good friends and then you need to cultivate boundaries with other people outside of that friendship <laughs> one of my favorite jokes from seinfeld jerry seinfeld which may be before your time was he goes you reach a point in your 30s in which somebody will call you up and they'll be like hey you want to get together and get coffee sometime and then you go no i'm good <laughs> obviously this is a joke because it's like, no no i'm good 
I'm sorry, I'm not taking on any new candidates for friendships right now. <laughs> but the reason I like this joke is because realistically, we, as we become older, we realize there are limitations to the amount of time we have. And so, so if, if we don't set boundaries with outside people and we let other people kind of continually steamroll over all of our free time and spare time, then we will never have a healthy relationship because we aren't giving the appropriate time and attention to the ones that are of most value. So this boundary thing is, seriously, it will change your life if you ma learn to master this. I mean, it will absolutely change your life. And those three books, those three books alone, you could read them over and over and over again. They are amazing tools. They give amazing tools for creating healthy boundaries for better relationships with friends, better relationships with potential partners, better relationships with our kids, better relationships with our coworkers, because we need to know where we end and they begin. There was a there was something I said in, in high school and I didn't even realize that this was a thing that I was doing at the time. And then I was setting boundaries and I didn't even realize I was setting boundaries was that I had a, I had a saying that I used to say, I'm like, well, that's a, I used to tell to my mom because she would be worried about certain people I would associate with. And I'd be like, well, that's a school friend. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, that's somebody who probably won't ever come over and hang out with me at home. That's a school friend. I hang out with them in class. We get along, we chat, they're fun. But, I mean, their character doesn't really line up with me, and so they're they're what I call a school friend. And so I would keep certain people at arm's length. And I never even realized I was doing it. So I had, like, a categorization of people. And it generally lined up with my hobbies. So, like, we just had to be able to have conversations about fun things like video games at the time. That was big on video games, movies. So there were certain categories or topics in which would were kind of intertwined with my identity. And so the people I spent the most time with had to kind of line up with that a little bit at least, which ended up being a very small group. And I actually, most of my really close friendships are still from high school. Obviously, because high school is an incredible opportunity to spend an immense amount of time with a small group of people. Same thing with college. You know, these are because you don't have any real world responsibilities yet. It's an incredible opportunity to really spend a tremendous amount of time and build deeper friendships with people, especially if you master this boundary thing early in your life. You will be able to create deep, deep, rich, valuable friendships in, in whatever environment you might be in, especially if you have the time, the free time necessary to do that. So like me now at 37 with a career that requires 40 to 50 hours of my time a week and then a family that requires at least 20, 30, 20, if I'm doing it properly, at least 20 hours of my time a week. I don't have a whole lot of time in which I'm conscious <laughs> to, to, to actually be able to cultivate these new friendships and relationships. And so bringing new people into the fold is incredibly challenging for me. Now, I'm in a season my kids are 8 and 11, and so right now they do require a, a tremendous amount of my, my time, and, and that's a good thing. And if I'm setting boundaries appropriately, I am protecting 
that time with my kids so that I can cultivate that deeper relationship with them because I want to have that. But if I'm allowing other people to hijack all of my time and energy because I can't say no, by the way, I went through this whole phase. I went through all this. I was at the, the way, way wrong end of this spectrum, not five, 10 years ago. So there is hope. I could literally not say no to people without feeling tremendously guilty and beating myself up. Now no is like my go-to move, which isn't always a good thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm better at saying no than I was when I first started saying no because it was a lot harder than, so I've gotten, I've gotten better at setting that no boundary in a more respectful and loving way. And the books I mentioned in this podcast are part of the reason I've gotten better at it because they've just given me better tools for communicating. But if, if I never said no, and I allowed people to steamroll over all of my time and energy, which will happen if you never say no, by the way, there will be somebody who just sucks all of your time right out of you. And they won't even realize they're doing it. Then I am robbing the intimacy of all my other relationships and friendships. Think about that for a while. If you can never say no at work to overtime and extra time and extra workload and more work and more work and more and more work, remember that everything comes at a cost. Nothing is free. It's true for economics and it's true for human behavior. Nothing is free in this life. Your time is currency. So when you sacrifice that time at the altar of work all the time, then you're also sacrificing all of the opportunities you had to cultivate intimacy with the people closest to you. Now, maybe at your current stage of life, that's where you want to be because you know you're taking a limit, making a limited time sacrifice so that you can have less hours later on. You know, the ultimate goal is to, to get to a point in your career in which you will have more time. And as long as that's the end goal, fine. If you got to make short-term sacrifices, that's fine. But it's, it's, no, it's good to, to know and be aware that you are making that sacrifice. So we need to understand people by their actions and learn to hold them accountable so that we can cultivate trusting and deeper relationships. And you've been listening to the Wisdom Worth Knowing podcast. I'm your host, Craig Chamberlain. Thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on your favorite social network. Feed the algorithms to keep the show growing. That's on Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can also like, share, and subscribe on the podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review if you like the show. The reviews also feed the algorithms. <laughs> to help the show grow we get recommended more often and people take a you know people will take a chance if they say reviews see reviews wisdom worth knowing is brought to you by audible where listening is the new reading get unlimited access to thousands of audiobooks free for 30 days sign up right now with this special offer for my listeners at audible.wisdomworthknowing.org that is audible.wisdomworthknowing.org So this has been a fun episode. I appreciate you joining me today. And hopefully 
we can learn to master this boundary thing so that we can create environments that are extremely conducive to deeper levels of intimacy, deeper levels of friendship. And I'm telling you that as a person who has been so blessed with people who are such good friends and family members, that it's worth it. It is worth the work. It is worth the effort to learn to set these boundaries. Because there are, there's something that will always be there for you. And I don't mean just on a trusting level. But there's something that a friendship is a, is a aspect of your life in which it will always have novelty. It will always be different. There will always be new conversations to have. There will always be deep levels of, of discussion to take place. There will always be something there that is unpredictable, unexpected, and fun. And that's something that I want everybody to experience at some point in their lives if they haven't experienced it already. But we can only experience that if we create an environment in which that can happen. And if a friendship doesn't work out, that's fine. You know, there's a million, how many, how many, like 7 billion people on the planet. Let's try again. That's all we can do. So until next time, understand people by their actions and you'll never be fooled by their words. And until tomorrow, let's work on being the best version of ourselves we can today because that's all we can do. Have a great day.